Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Being Me Is Dope podcast, where we have therapeutic conversations to empower creative minds. I'm Nate. I'm Mike. And I'm Issa. And today we will be talking about overcoming self-sabotage. And what was the question that you posed again? She posted. Your, oh, I'm sorry. What's the question that you posed again? I, like I said, I've posed a lot of questions <laughs> to y'all. But I think for this one, it's what is your go-to self-sabotaging strategy? So that's, a, that's first, that's a deep question. Um, that's kind of like a, it's a weird question. It's like a, okay. So I'm not in a place where I self-sabotage anymore. But if you were asking, you know, a year ago, this thing, my self-sabotage method. Um, it can be, it's several things. Um, for me, what I'll do in regards to self-sabotaging in my space is I'll pass the responsibility of what I'm doing at that time to somebody else. And that's self-sabotaging for me because typically um, I'm the one that can execute on the task at hand, whatever that may be. So for me, I speak a lot at schools um, all across the country. Um, and when I get to that point of like I'm at the tip and I feel like, all right, I'm too close to the top and I got to get back down to zero. What I'll do is I'll minimize myself and, again, pass off those opportunities or those things to other people instead of continuing to execute, execute, execute. Um, so for me, I always hit. And it's interesting enough that you asked that question. I had that fork of the road moment probably like three weeks ago like when we left um, the Apollo. I had that moment where I was like, okay, this is usually where I like veer off and go back to zero. And I was like, I'm not doing that no more. So I had to like fight against that thing to continue to go on the right path and continue to set myself up for success. And it was tough because my subconscious mind is like, go back to zero. So I'm literally fighting subconscious thoughts, um, which is hard, like super hard to do because you don't even realize that you're doing it. So it, it requires me to be very present and address the thoughts that I'm having and the actions that I'm taking. Um, we talked about seasonal depression just a little bit, um, where during this time, this is actually like a self-sabotage like season for me, where I start to slow down, I start to get depressed, I can't really explain why. You know, I stop believing in myself and the things that I have going on and my gifts and my abilities, and then I start have to start fresh in the new year. So I say, I'm not doing that this year. I'm literally going to fight against it because I know what it feels like to self-sabotage. I've done it my entire, I would say, young adult and adult life. So now it's like I want something different. Let me see what this feels like. Let me push against the grain and go on this other side. So that was a long-winded answer. Um, but, yeah, that's that's one of my me- – I, mean, I have plenty of methods, but that's that's one. That's your go-to? That's my – yeah, that's my go-to. It's like a self de- – I guess to simplify it, it's, like, it's almost like a self-defeating uh, talk that I have within my mind. That prevents me from taking the actions to take to get to the next step of whatever I'm building at the time. So it's like it's almost like there's there's the devil here, there's an angel here, and it's like the devil just like kicked the angel off, and I'm like kicking it with him now, and he's like, yeah, let's start back over. You're not you're not good enough to do this, and it's just like, dang man, I'm not. But then I'll see you know my peers continue to elevate, and it's just like, ah oh, man, what am I doing? You know what I mean? So, well, yeah. something you said that I think is true is like you said, it requires a lot of presence. It requires a lot of self-awareness for sure. Cause there's plenty of people that self-sabotage and never realize they, they sit there and they're like, I don't understand why I'm always back in the same place or yeah. why X, Y, and Z doesn't go. And so it, it does take a level of self-reflection. Like even the question, what's your go-to self-sabotaging strategy? You have to know that they're 
are several and that you probably do several and that there's one that you kind of fall back on. But there Mm. has to be a level of like, oh, I see it because a lot of people don't see it. Yeah, they don't see it until it's like way too late. And you're just like, man, why am I so like behind or so down in this? And it's like, like you said, you don't you got to recognize it because I know early on I didn't recognize I was doing it. Yeah. Well, and the worst is when you can recognize someone else's self-sabotaging strategy and you don't recognize your own or that person doesn't recognize their own. Mm. And like you can, you know, when you're in the, you're watching a movie and you see the main character do the same thing over and over and you're just like, yeah. why are you doing that? It's, it's the exact same thing. So like, so sometimes people can see it way before we can. And then you're just stuck in it. And then also, even when you're aware of it, it doesn't mean that you immediately can get out of it. You just go up, oh, I'm doing it again. So yeah. I think there's levels to it. Like there's the awareness, there's the catching it, then there's like actually doing something about right. it. Because it's more comfortable to just self sabotage. It's like I'm I'm comfortable yeah. here in the in the negative space. I'm comfortable here in the traumatic space. I'm comfortable starting over, mm-hmm. even though you're really not. You know, you're uncomfortable. You're just not uncomfortable enough to make a change. Mm-hmm. And I think once people get to that point where it's like this hurts like hell. This is too much. I got to that point where it's like okay. At first, I was comfortable in it. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. But then it got to a point where I was like, okay, this is actually not just affecting me, but it's affecting people who I love. I was like, ah, oh, I can't do this. What's yours? I think, well, I'm not even going to say I think. I know what mine is. Mine's is, um, how can I word this? Oh, we just talked about it. Mine's is letting imposter syndrome win. Um, Facts. I, I be talking to myself all the time. And it's like, I be like, well, creatively, I'm like, Bro, why am I here? Like, out of everybody I know, I do that. Why often. am I here? Often, like I I know what I can do, but like I don't know the capacity of the things I can do. And I'm like, bro, why are you choosing me? What? Why did you believe in me? And I don't even believe in myself half the time. Mm. Mm. I think I that's that what mine really is. And I, I know where it stems from, but like, yeah, I, that that's my strategy right now. Mm. How about you? I I feel that I I think that a lot too. Um, I have plenty. I'm all up in it. One, I, I think I, I tackle one and then the other one pops up and it's like, ha you thought. Um, <laughs> I think the one that I'm unpacking right now is the, if I don't try my best, then I'm still in the same place, but I didn't put in as much effort. So ah, like, like, yeah. And, and it, it comes from, it comes from having natural talent and I'm like not afraid to say that. So it's like when you were in school if you didn't study for the test, maybe you would still easily get an 80. Yeah. For right. Sure. And then, but cool. there were some people who like would study all night and they would get the 80 and that was their best. So for me, like I, I was fine with, well, if I don't study and I get the 80, that's fine. But if I study and I get the 80, then that hurts. Mm. So I'm just not going to study. So I've translated that, unfortunately, sometimes into, into life and mm. into, well, if I, one thing, I'm going through an email marketing program right now. And so in the email marketing program, there's a 30-day challenge. And I tried to start it in October. And I got about day 14. And I wasn't getting clicks on my emails. I wasn't getting like any sales from them. I wasn't getting results. So I was like, I could finish the 30 days and still get zero clicks. Or I could stop now and still get zero clicks. And... I just I haven't written an email since, which I understand. I I know I got to get back to it. And then every day I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to write an email. I'm going to take back on the 30 day challenge. But I haven't been 
right now I'm like very in the waters about it. I'm like trying to get out of it. But it's just this idea of like, why put in the effort if the result is not guaranteed? And so it's like, I'm, I don't know what the exact name to that would be, but it's just that like, if you never try and fail, that's better than like, if you try and fail, I know it's not, but it feels more protected. Like I feel, I feel safe. I'm over here. I'm like, well, I didn't put in any effort. I'm, I'm still upset about it, but at least I didn't have to try versus I'm upset because I tried. Mm. There's like embarrassment tied to it. There's so many different factors of what you're saying. And that's true. I've done similar things, not with email marketing, but other things where it's like, if I don't start it, it's like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it goes back to being, for me, it goes to being married to the result instead of like who I become in a process. Mm-hmm. And what I had to learn to kind of switch from that self-sabotage, um, almost syndrome, is was like, yo, what matters most is who you become and, and, and like how you develop yourself throughout this process and what you learn, not the result. Because like you said, the result ain't guaranteed mm-hmm. and it never will be. No matter which program or thing you do, it's like it's never there's no guarantees. Um, but what happens is if you don't start something, if you don't do it, if you don't stay committed, you'll never know. You know, there, there's an analogy of back in the day, they don't do this anymore. They used to do gym class where the rope would be like at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're climbing a rope, you're climbing a rope, you're climbing a rope. What happens if you let go? Oh, you know, you're going to hit the floor. You're going to hit the mat and that's it. But you don't know what's going to happen if you keep climbing. You don't know. You don't know if you're strong enough to reach up there. But let's try to find out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the mindset is kind of like, what if it works out? Mm-hmm. What if it works out? That's like a constant thing for me. I actually keep that in my phone and my reminders like three times a day that pops up like, hey, what if it works out? That's the question. Because before it would be like, what if this all just falls to crap? Mm-hmm. That was my instant like automatic negative thought. So I had to literally, that's why I, I got to put stuff in place and be intentional. Part of that is actually using real tools like, yo, let me use my reminders to remind me, pop up on my watch. Like, okay, cool. And kind of get me going. It's like, hey, what if this works out if I commit to it? Because now I don't know. You know, 30 days or 60 days pass by, you're like, man, I wonder what would have happened if I would have, maybe on day 28, something would have hit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you never really know. Yeah. So it's like, what what is that that like stops us? Is it fear? Is it fear of embarrassment? Um do we just hate to lose that much? Like, what is that thing that doesn't allow certain people to push through because of the uncertainty? Because there's no, there's no guarantees, like whatsoever, yeah. no and matter I, what I, the formula is. And I think that's what the fear is: is that mm-hmm. there's no guarantee. Because even if you're, that you, say that. even if you relate it to like relationships, like if I'm single and I'm approaching a girl, I might not approach her because I feel like she's gonna reject me. It's the same exact thing. It's like I, I, I might not try to complete the task because I think I'm going to fail. Yeah. A lot of people miss their wife and, and husband like that. Yeah. And it, it's tough. Like the whole <laughs> there's no guarantees is is so tough just for our brains to actually process. Yeah. Like this idea of I don't know what's on the other side. Yeah. And so that's why we that's why we're so quick to take the instant gratification. It's why we're so quick to say, well, I know if I eat, you know, more vegetables over time i could get healthier i could improve my health outcomes i could lose weight whatever your goal is i could but there's no guarantee versus if i eat that cookie that's right in front of me i know i'm about to be flooded with a dopamine hit because i had sugar and i know that's guaranteed i don't know what's gonna happen after i'm probably gonna feel 
you know, crappy or or there's going to be a sugar crash later, whatever. I'm not thinking about that because there's a guarantee that I'm going to get a dopamine hit from that cookie. Right. And so I think that's the difficulty is that like our brain is like, nah, you, you got to take the the thing that's in front of you. And mm. that's the thing that we're fighting constantly, especially yeah. as like creative people, as entrepreneurs, like you're constantly fighting. Do I take the thing that's right here? Do I take the nap that I could take because I make my own hours or do I work for one more hour? I'm guaranteed to feel good after that nap. I'm not guaranteed that that one hour is going to pay off. Like, and you're every, every hour you're like, oh, I could, I could just go hang out with my friends. That's going to feel better right now. I'm guaranteed to, to feel better in the moment, but I'm not guaranteed that that one more hour of work would feel better. Like, you know, the, that trade off of like the right now versus the long term. Mm. And I think there's moments where like, yeah, the short term should be prioritized. There's moments where the long term. For sure. But if you're, I think that is a self-sabotaging strategy that a lot of us have is always putting the short term first and mm. always choosing the the dopamine hit right in front of you right. versus like the long term satisfaction of achievement or of effort, all that. Right, right. It's a lot of people don't have that that investors kind of mindset. Mm. It's like, let me get the quick thing now because tomorrow's not guaranteed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Tomorrow's not promised. So it's like, I might as well just do it now. Um, and but that's we're, an we're sold way to live. that. But yeah, we're sold yeah. that message all of the time. For sure. Like, we're, For sure. we're sold that all the time. There's, uh, you know, we can get into like the, the mechanisms that make us think that way with social media or, social you know, the, mess you up. the immediate gratification of like, I scroll and I get something new. I scroll and I get novel versus, you know, I read a book and it's going to take me a while to get while. through 200 pages or 300 pages. It's that like we are we have been conditioned to. I'm not saying like that's the only reason that we can just outsource that. But we are working against forces larger than us yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Most and, of the time. And it's interesting because even with the book analogy, I think about the people who kind of do sit and read books. You know what I mean? And take that time day by day. As opposed to the person who is just like quick instant gratification, a bunch of information overload. Um, those people, personally in my life, they're more relaxed. You know what I mean? They don't seem as jittery or as anxious. It's kind of like they move at their own pace. And I think that's huge for us to move at our own pace because everything around us is trying to speed us up so mm -hmm. fast and, and make us move so quick to where everybody's literally anxious and like, I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who told you that? Well, and I actually think, too, with the whole debate of like instant gratification or long term and the no guarantee. Mm -hmm. I actually think that the like leaning on like there's no guarantee and letting that uncertainty take over is actually a bit of a lack of faith in mm -hmm. yourself and in yeah. in the higher power that you believe in. If you mm -hmm. do, it's like I don't believe that. I can get the outcome and I don't believe that my higher power can provide. Right. And so, and and I'm not saying that as like, people should. Like, I'm very much dealing with all that right now where I'm like, do I believe that everything's going to work out? Like, do I believe yeah. that that it will I will be provided for? Like, I don't yeah. know. So Sometimes. you almost become two different people. Because mm -hmm. when you're around people, it's like, I believe. But when you're alone, it's like, I don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's like the battle a lot of people are facing. It's like, once you get home in that mirror, it's just you. It ain't nobody from Instagram. It ain't Nate. It ain't Mike. It ain't you. It ain't none of us. It's just you. And it's like, that's the battle that people are having a real, real challenge with. Like where you can't just fully just be yourself. And like you said, move at your own pace. 
Um, and I think for myself, for a long time, especially in the world of social media with the work that I do, it's easy to fall in um, that comparison trap. And what mm-hmm. happens is you start comparing yourself to the pace that somebody else, is ha- somebody else has, but that you don't know the journey that it took to get there. So like my mentor for speaking, he's been doing it for God knows how long, so many years, 10, 20 years, you know what I mean? It's like I've been doing it for like four or five. How could I, how could I compare my progress to him? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that can make me anxious too. I'm like, yo, he got the camera angles. He got this. Oh my gosh. It's like, fam, he got the money. He's been doing it forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's been putting the work in. He's a seasoned vet at this. Like, you're learning. You need to actually sit at his feet and learn. But the way that it happens and it plays on me on social media is like, I got I to gotta catch up. I need to be doing what he's doing. And now I'm no longer even focused on my path and my lane. I done jumped in his lane and I'm about to like crash. And then I'm stressed every day trying to keep up in a race that I was never built for anyway. Yeah, because comparison is also a self-sabotaging strategy. Yeah. Like, that was one of my, I actually probably should have used that one. That was one of my main ones. Compa- yeah. yeah. But I think we all, like, again, we all have it. Like, comparison, perfectionism is a big one for yeah. people. Um, like we were saying, not, you know, because we're in Philly, not, not trusting the process, like not having that belief. Um, they all come up, but what do you think? Mm. That's I I definitely um I I do think social media and all that stuff the comparison um I think that plays a very it didn't play a very big role it played a big role in my in my joint but not like a huge uh, role or whatever um because I do see like other creators or things like that and I see their quote unquote finish line but I'm still like in the beginning of the race and they're like on lap fifteen or something like that mm. and I'm I'm comparing myself like. Bro, I'm I'm up there on lap 15. I'm at lap two right now, but I'm comparing myself to where they are, and they've been doing this 16 years longer than me, or something like that. Mm. And I'm like, and it's killing me because I'm like, I, I feel like I should be where they are at, but like I'm not there. Right. So I think that's killing me because now in my head I'm like, yeah, I don't even think I want to do this anymore because like I'm not growing as fast as I see mm. them, but I'm only seeing their end result. I didn't see the journey that they took. Yeah. But, so comparison, I think, can also work in two ways, right? Where it can be like, why am I not growing fast enough? And then you you strive and you push and maybe you go into a lane that's not yours. Or not to, you know, put words in your mouth, but like, or it can go into because they're on, on lap 15 and you think you're on lap two, you start downplaying what you do know on right, lap two. Right. And it's like, just because they know more doesn't mean that you don't know a ton Mm. about camera setup, about audio editing, about video editing. Like, I think that comparison can go those two ways where it's like, oh, I got to catch up or why should I even bother? Right. And it's and it's like, just because I don't know as much as them doesn't mean I don't know. You know something. Yeah. You know enough to to produce. Yeah. And that goes back to what you mentioned when you first started of like, you start asking, well, why did they choose me? And it's like completing it with what you just said. It's like, why do they choose me if I'm on lap two and someone else is on lap 15? Oh, that's good. That's good. And you know something else? I'm glad you said that. Um, When it comes to the question of why did did they choose me? What can happen is you start to try to replicate what somebody else is doing to the T. You try to be somebody else. And then those people, let's just say in your case, people that booked you or whatever, is like, if we wanted them, we would have got them. But we wanted you. And a lot of people miss that. You know, you're unique yeah, because sure. you're you, even if you are doing the same thing, whether it's email marketing, whether it's social media managing, whether it's content creation, it's like 
people rock with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if they wanted to get in my space with speaking, it's like if they wanted to get ET and they had the funds, they would go get the best person. If they wanted to get this person, they would get this person. Let me not show up as somebody else. Let me just show up as myself because this is who you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they might like actually that. see you as being on lap eight right. when you yeah. think you're on lap two. Be able to see me self-sabotaging myself. I'm at lap two right now. <laughs> <laughs> so but let me ask this. Let me ask this. Is there pressure? Do you feel like this could be like self-inflicted kind of pressure, but do you feel like there's an outside pressure of people who see you in a certain way that causes you to kind of self-sabotage, if that makes sense? It's like people see you on this this pedestal. They see you doing these things, and you feel like you don't really live up to that. And then there's like this internal kind of self sabotage where you're just beating yourself up, like, man, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not what they think I am. Yeah, for sure. You want to go? Or you wanna... I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> processing the question. I mean, I think, I think I'm more in your camp where I think like, I, I ask myself a lot, like, what do they see? And this came up. I actually had had coaching over the summer specifically about self-sabotage. It was a group coaching program and everyone had to sift through their self-sabotaging and become more aware of it and all that, which is partially where the question stems from. And one of them, one of the situations that came up was like, oh, I've gotten some invitations to speak at like a podcast summit. I want to submit something, but I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm not as good as the other speakers. Literally exactly what we were just saying to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what I can give them. And everyone in the group was like, you don't see how much you have to give. You don't see how much you have to give. You don't um, you don't see what we see. And then so my next question was, what do y'all see? <laughs> like, can y'all tell me? Like, can you, can you give me it? And they were like, no. They, oh, wow. they were like, you have to figure it out. Because if they were to have just told me, oh, we see someone who can come up with really great podcast topics, right? then I would automatically be like, okay, well, that's what my speech is going to be about. It's going to be about right. podcast topics. So they knew not to give me the, the answer, but I was still like, can y'all just tell me? Can that's actually really great, yeah, like, self-inquiry really work. Like, no, we're not going to tell you, like, you need to do some inner work to mm-hmm. – that's really, really good, actually, like, to have people around you who, like, hey, we see it, but we're not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. You know and what I, I mean? I also part part of me right part of me still like maybe they just didn't know how to articulate it like I'm like I'm but the self talk part that's right but then but then it's just like yeah and and then you will even when you are faced like literally with people being like no you go do the work then you're just standing there like how do I how do I do the work how do I figure this out what is it that I'm that makes me special and it's like uh, I don't know. Um, and you and you can piece it together. Like there's moments where you're like, "Ooh, this this is my flow. This is where I'm great at." But so, so I, back to your question, I think that sometimes having people see that potential in you is enough to keep you kind of going for it, as long as that's not your sole source of validation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still I'm still working on answering the question. No, no, no. That's that's good. That's good. That's and good. and I love that because they could have said anything. Yeah, they could have they could have pulled something out of their butt. Said anything just to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not it, though. Yeah. It's definitely something deeper. And it's like, you'll never get over that if you don't do the the deeper work. And I hope somebody's like really hearing that. Um, I know we kind of talking in code and metaphor and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I really <laughs> hope that you're allowing this to digest because it's so it's so fruitful and so rich. And for me, well, what happened is um, I would try to 
self-sabotage before someone saw me in a higher light. It was almost like this. I would try to self-sabotage before you saw my greatness. So I wouldn't have to show you my greatness. Mm. It's like, I don't want to be, it's like, I didn't want to get to that standard and then let you down. So I'm going to just self-sabotage so I don't get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't have to let you down. And that's such a self-defeating, like, terrible way mm-hmm. to live your life. Not just going for the, especially because we only get one of these from what I know here. You know what I mean? That's a deeper conversation. But it's like, <laughs> this time here is so valuable. Why would I not give it all? Why does self-sabotage rule my life? You know what I mean? Because there was a point where we were just young kids just kind of living free without these barriers and limits, most of us. And it's like, what happened along those years from childhood up into adulthood where it was like, the cage is on us now. But I think I think that's exactly why we self-sabotage in adulthood. Because as kids, we hear certain messages mm. that make us scared to be successful. So at some point, right, I don't know your life, but at some point at when you were younger, somebody said, when you become successful or when you become, when you're seen as this like great thing, you let more people down. Like that saying of like, the, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Somehow yeah, yeah, yeah. you heard that. Yeah. Or, and it can be stuff where it like even we've we've gone through an era where we've seen some of our famous like greats, our idols from television and all these things turn out to be kind of terrible people. Facts. And we felt, we feel that deeply, even if we never meet, meet these people because they were in our homes through television and through movies yeah. and all this stuff. So it's hard not to then internalize it and be like, well, if I become great and I make a mistake, then I'm also going to disappoint all these people the same way that I felt the disappointment in XYZ mm. person. So long-winded way to say it, it is because of those very like free years that you hear things, you start internalizing them, you start believing them, you start to hear like, I don't know, or, or even... I don't know. You you start to see how um, the the crab in a bucket mentality where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, as soon as someone starts to rise up, we pull them down anyway. So I don't want to be the person that gets pulled down. So I'm just going to stay small. And that way no one can touch me. Mm. Wow. That's good. That's, yeah. You just explained my whole like last 30 some years <laughs> of like, man, that, that's really what it's been. And now to the point. I'm to the point where it's like, I no longer want to do that, but it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Something that my therapist shared with me, and I've, I think I've shared this on his podcast before. She was like, success is a trigger for you. Mm. It and doesn't it was, feel safe. It doesn't feel safe. It's like when it happens, you get anxious instantly. And it's like, okay, this is weird because I want to be successful. Like I desire it. And then you get a little bit of it and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is, ooh, ooh, I got to get out of here. You know, I was having like the greatest year of my life, but I was the most anxious I ever been. And I was like, what, what, like, what's really going on? And it, it stems from a lot of those, you know, things you were sharing, a lot of those childhood things, those things that are planted in you that you didn't know was there. Mm-hmm. So you're out here trying to be great. And then there's something telling you that you can't be. And it's not anybody else. It's just you. And you're just like, yo, why am I talking to myself this way? And you almost can't stop the voices until you become present and do the eternal internal work. And I believe that's when you unlock something special and then you can fully walk in your greatness, whatever that looks like. You know what I mean? But a lot of times I feel like people go all the way to their grave, never really exploring what that looks like because they're stuck in self-sabotage, you know. And you and you said like hearing the voices in your head. 
telling you those different stories. I don't think that those are your voices, though. Mm. Those are other people's voices. And so it's more wow. rather yeah, than yeah, yeah. learning. Yeah. We are. It's more it's like that cliche. We're not learning. We're unlearning. And so it's like, how do we turn off certain a certain person's voice, whether that was a teacher. I don't know. I've I've been listening to so many podcasts with like successful people and all this stuff. And like 70% of them have a story of like a fourth grade teacher who told them that they weren't going to amount to much. Fourth grade teachers ain't nothing. <laughs> fourth grade teacher was fine. And, but, or it was a high school teacher who told them like, oh, you're, you know, why, why even bother? Like maybe that's the loudest voice in your head was a teacher right. that didn't believe in you. Maybe, unfortunately, it was a parent and they they weren't able to be as supportive as maybe you would have loved them to be. Mm. Maybe it was a, your first girlfriend or boyfriend said something to you and whatever. Like those voices, you have to un, like unplug them, like mute them, just mm. like disconnect them from the amp. Like I think mm. those are the voices we're dealing with are other people's who then you start to think are yours, yeah. but they're really not. It's like it's their words and it comes from your voice almost. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like you, but it's not you. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah that that takes some that takes some real like meditation style work where you got to sit there and be like, all right, hold on, wait a minute, and like really monitor those things. And, and you know what's interesting? <clears throat> Overcoming self sabotage isn't a one time like act. So what I realize as I'm getting to the point where I'm able to break free from it, it's like, oh, this is a daily thing I got to do. Like I thought I was over it. It's like, oh, I'm good now. I'm straight. I'm, I'm confident I'm good. Then the next day it hit and you be like, oh, my gosh. And then you realize, like, oh, this is something I'm going to have to deal with for a really long time. So I literally have to take this one day at a time. It's whack-a-mole because it's mm. one area of your life. It's health. Then it might be finances. Then right. it might be your relationship. Right. Then it mm. might be who knows, like whatever it is. You're just playing whack-a-mole with the different self-sabotaging strategies you have, the different areas of your life. Mm. And it's just constant. But I want to hear from you. Um, the one thing I realized just listening to y'all talk, I, I deflect a lot. Um, like when, when you were speaking about how um, when when you like when someone else sees your greatness, you're, it kind of scares you or something like that. When they see if they, when they see my greatness, I often just deflect it. Like I, I don't even like uh, acknowledge that that they say in it or that they believe in me like that. Mm. And because I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep myself here, you feel me, when they're trying to put me there because I don't feel like I'm there, you know? It's so I'll, like I'll just not will, acknowledge it. It's like almost when will you ever feel like you're there? But see, it's the crazy question. because I, I I know in my head that I'm good, but, like, I try to keep myself down because it's just more comfortable being here. Mm. It's like, safer. Yeah, like that's like, tough too, because that's and, almost a false humility at times. And I, I, mm. I, I think that's why I heard someone—I forget who said this—but it's it's easy to fail, but it's hard to grow. And that's mm. why I'm always just keeping myself down because it's it's easy down here. Yeah, I don't I don't have nobody to impress but myself right. when I'm down here. And, and there's no failing when you're down. Yeah, it's nothing. I'm just because down here. Because if you're chilling. if you're down here, it it's kind of like. Um, we all have tough people in our lives. And I don't know if you have a tough person in your life who maybe is just getting their life together. Like they're, they're maybe getting out of, of a tough season. And so Mm -hmm. everything is a milestone. Like even just like successfully completing a task, you're like, yeah, you did it. Or there, they might be, you know, they got a better job and you're like, Oh my God. And you celebrate it like crazy. Cause you know 
how low they started. Mm -hmm. But when you are in the middle and you feel like, okay, well, the basic tasks don't give me that achievement feeling and the big tasks are too much, then you just aren't celebrating anything. And so you're just like, mm. oh, if I'm in the middle, like it's okay. Cause it doesn't mean I'm accomplishing much, but I'm not failing at much. Yeah. And so you're just like, oh, it's okay. Versus like, if you're at the top, then there's very few accomplishments, but there's more failures you can risk. And if you're at the bottom, not that anyone's actually at the bottom, but if you're lower, everything feels like an accomplishment. Everything feels yeah. like a milestone. So you, so you enjoy the, almost like the high that you get from the, the those miles, like the little highs almost. Yeah. It's like I'm addicted to that part of it. As I never thought about that. That's actually a good, that's a good way to kind of break that down. You start realizing things when you hear other people talk. Like, I know well, and, and what you brought up with the zero, right? Yeah. If you're, let's say zero to 50, zero to 60, whatever. So you're, you were going 60 miles an hour mm -hmm. and then you self-sabotage to get into zero. When you're at zero, getting to 10 miles an hour, you're like, whoa, I'm back at 10 miles an hour. Versus when you're at 60, the improvements are now like, maybe you're at 61. Mm -hmm. Let me change the analogy. It's getting a little murky. Like Michael Phelps, to see a an improvement for him, it's milliseconds. Yeah. Milliseconds. And he has to train for four years to shave off a millisecond of his Olympic time. Bananas. Yeah. But... Uh, a swimmer who, if I get in the pool, I can barely swim. If I get in the pool and I go for a month, like my improvement is visible. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm improving, I'm improving, I'm improving. As soon as that starts to slow down, you start being like, am I improving? Should I come back? Right. And then the discipline is what kicks in. So mm. it's that if you get back to zero, you're back to being the new the new guy on in the pool. Right. Um, and so, and that's one of my self-sabotaging strategies is also going back to zero, not in the same task, but I'll just pivot. I'll say, oh, okay, that wasn't, that wasn't working out as much. All right, let me try this new thing. Email marketing wasn't doing it. Okay. I'm going to go to, uh, TikTok. Oh, TikTok is getting hard now. I'm going to go to LinkedIn. Mm. And then, cause it's like, oh, if I'm always starting from zero, any improvement is, right. feels really good. Yeah. And people celebrate the start. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember having my own fitness studio for a little while before I closed it. And um, when I announced it, I had it. It was up. It was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, bro, congratulations. <laughs> yo, this is amazing. It was like, that felt so good. Mm -hmm. And then a few months in, he was like, this is the hardest thing ever to maintain this. But you also don't got the voices of being like, yo, this is so dope, bro. It's just kind of like it's died down now and everybody's moved on to the next new thing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I got to do something different. I got to do something new. Let me scratch this. Let me go try something completely different. Yo, that's so dope. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, I know, man. And then it dies down again. And then it's like, okay, I got to scratch that. I start something different. It's like, why do you keep doing this? If you'd have stuck with what you had in the beginning, this thing would have grown substantially. And it's just like we had to get to a point where we stay in our process and, and stop self-sabotaging. That's just the reality of it. There's no way around it it's like either you're going to continue to do it or you're going to fight against that thing and actually build something that's worth um talking about hmm. in the long run i have a question yeah. for mike so how do you if you have a hard time maybe accepting the compliment or accepting mm -hmm. the you know the praise mm. and you downplay it how do you still stick to your creative path? 
Because from what I know, it's not like you're pivoting. Like it's not like you're going from video to painting and then <laughs> you know dance the next week. Like you're still very much on on the track. So how do you? How have you stayed on that track even without that external validation? So um, for me, with my like creative stuff, I'm very like niched. Like I only do things that I am happy to do. So like I think that's the main reason. Like if someone, if I shoot a, a I don't even know, like a documentary or something like that, and be like, oh my god, this is amazing. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm probably not going to shoot another documentary because I'm not excited to go do that. I'm excited mm -hmm. to film like worship and um, inspiration, stuff like that. So every time I'm going to film a bunch of stuff like that, it don't matter what nobody said to me 10 minutes ago. I'm going to be happy because I'm doing something that automatically is going to bring me joy. Mm. And I think yeah, that's the main reason why I'm always creating. Like if, if you look at my thing all the time, really every is. time I'm, I'm always filled with something like worship or something. I always mm. feel that. It really, yeah, you do. Actually, and it's fire. Um, yeah, I make some fire content too. <laughs> um, no, they really did. They, they smoked that. But um, that's actually a really healthy mindset to have. Like, I'm doing the things that bring me joy, mm. which if I do them in excellence, at some point they'll be recognized to where they also bring me income. Yeah. But I think it's the other way around for a lot of us where it's like I need to build something that can bring me money. Yeah. And then we never get to the joy part, so you're constantly starting something new because you're focused on the money. See, and uh, it. When I started um, like content or whatever, I was doing stuff that only brought me money because that's all I could see. It was mm -hmm. like the money. I needed this. I got bills. You feel me? Car, rent, all that stuff. But then I'm like, I got to a point where I'm like, bro, I'm not even happy. Like I quit my job because I wasn't happy. And now yeah. I'm here doing yeah, I'm something I want to do. Not happy. Mm -hmm. It's insane. So I said, let me that's just go. Real. Let me go find out what brings me joy and stick to that because I know it'll pay off at the end. It and will. it's paying off. I must say it will pay off because I'm a living testament of that as well mm. um, for the last year and a half. I'm hesitant to say follow what brings you joy, though, because I do think it sets up a false expectation that it yeah. won't still be hard. Yeah. Like where. It, and it's and it's also some people don't know. Like some people you ask them what brings you joy and they're like, I have no idea because I've been living in survival mode for my whole life. Mm -hmm. Or I've just now started to explore. So while I agree, I'm hesitant to say that as something where it's like, go forth and do something that brings you joy. Because even if you're doing something that brings you joy, you're still going to self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. There's still going to be yeah. really hard moments. And that's if you even know what brings you joy. So you need to do the self-awareness work to find out what actually does bring me joy. Yeah. Um, and then you also need to know whatever you do, whether you hate it or like it, at some point it's going to be some challenges with it. Yeah. And with the whole, like, I I get where it comes from. And obviously you're not the first person to say it. Like the, oh, I started and I was just chasing the thing that brought me money. I don't, I personally don't have a problem with that. Because it's mm -hmm. like, you know what brings me joy? Being able to pay my bills. Like being able to feed myself or feed mm -hmm. the people I care about. So like it, on a fundamental level, like, I think starting with, hey, I want to make some money from XYZ skill that I have. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And that is how a lot of people do then discover what brings them joy. Mm, so, yeah. for example, with me, with with podcast production, I never thought I was going to be a podcast producer until a friend called me up and was like, hey, I can't take this job. Do you want to be a podcast producer on the side for this person? 
And I was like, I need some extra money, so why not? And then I did, and I was like, oh, I really love this. Mm -hmm. But had I not been motivated by the money in that moment, I would have never taken it, and then I wouldn't be a podcast producer today. And so it's like, I don't want to make it seem just like, oh, well, you know, you don't have to eat. Go be a servant artist as long as it brings you joy. It's like, no, you could be an artist that is joyful and well-paid. And if you started as an artist who wanted to be well-paid and then joyful, that's okay, too. I hope that all kind of came together the way it, it was sounded in my mind. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I, I think the journey, I'm going to call it the journey to joy, that's fire. Ooh. But that it looks different for every single person because, um, like, the way I started, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys didn't start this way. I didn't, when I started my creative stuff, I didn't even have a camera or anything like that. I didn't know I was going to, when I quit my job, I wanted to do, a, I wanted to build a marketing agency. I didn't have no content. But I met this lady from my church at the Boys and Girls Club, and she was like, you want to shoot these videos? I didn't have no money to buy a camera, so I took their up front and bought a camera. Mm. I didn't know I was going to be doing this when I started that, and now this is bringing me joy because I just trusted in what I could do or what I thought I could do or what I desired or something like that because, I don't know, I just I feel like it's, it's different for every single body. No, you're right. I, I Mine's very similar. I wasn't I'm actually very introverted, so I wasn't even speaking before. Yeah. Um, to a friend asked me to come um, accompany her at Rutgers University to to do um, a presentation about like mental health and like fitness because I was really big into fitness at the time. And I spoke and I shared my story, and then all of these like educators were there. I thought it was gonna be students. There wasn't no students there. There was a bunch of, like administrators and stuff. And they was like, "Hey, you got a card? This, that, and the third. And I was like, "I don't. I didn't even know this is a thing." And they brought me out to their schools and I was speaking. It was like, oh, shoot, there's like a there's something here. You know what I mean? And this is before money even came in the picture. But there was this level of fulfillment that the work brought me. And then years later, obviously, it turned into business. And now um, it's what I do full time. But just like you, it's like I didn't know. You know what I mean? And I think that also goes back to the faith level of things, too, because a lot of people want the certainty for certain things. And I think you do got to kind of shop around, date around, try for some sure. stuff. You don't know if you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Especially for the people who are, don't really understand or know like, hey, what brings you joy? It's like, ah. Uh. Yeah. It's like, and, well, and that's valid. Like, I don't know. And, and what brings you joy today might not bring you joy in 10 years. Yeah. For sure. It's going to change. You're going to change. You're going to evolve. You're going to grow. But nothing changes if you do nothing. I'll say that. Mm. Yeah. And. And just bringing it back to our topic, like also being too set on a plan is a form of self-sabotage. Yeah. Like you you ever meet those people who like they wrote their business plan and if you deviate this from it, it at all, they're like, it's never <laughs> like they're not open to the opportunity. They're not open to the to the unexpected it's yeah. a form of self-sabotage. That but not planning yeah, is yeah. also a form of self-sabotage. Everything's a form of self-sabotage. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there are I have a friend like that who's uh, almost like perfectionist. Got to plan every step out. And it's like, you know, it ain't going to work like this, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. but this is the plan. This is going to execute. It's going to be three to five years. This is just like, all right, if you say so. And then, you know, it doesn't happen that way. And then it's like, like you said, very self-defeating, self-sabotaging. Um, and I think there has to be some room for like, hey, I don't know what's about to happen. Yeah. But there needs to be a plan too, right? There needs yeah. to be some level of preparation and wisdom. Like, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, this is my goal. But however I get there. I got to leave some room for like faith to kind of operate because I can't dictate who's going to say yes, who's going to say no, where the money's going to come from, 
who I might meet. I might meet somebody tomorrow that takes me to where I wanted to go seven years faster than I thought. So there has to be some room because if you're too routine, you just leave no space. And I I feel like that's very stressful too. You know what I mean? I wake up now, I'm a very expectant person. I'm like, I'm expecting good things to happen. I'm expecting to meet somebody. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm expecting something dope to happen in 2023. Mm -hmm. We'll find out. We'll see when it happens. But in the meantime, I'm going to work this plan I have. You know what I mean? But I'm also not married to this. If it switches up and it's, it's, it aligns with my morals, my goals, and just different things that I believe that I feel like I'm called to do, okay. Because podcasting wasn't a thing for me until the pandemic. Yeah. I swore I was going to just be speaking at schools. I had it lined up for like the next six months and then the pandemic hit. And I was at home like, fam, what am I going to do? Like, first, all my <laughs> gigs got canceled, so I'm broke. I'm like, yeah, you know what? There's, there has to be a way I can still add value to people. So I bought a little microphone for my, my, my phone. Plugged that joint in, went on Fiverr, got a little cover art, and I just started recording out of my bedroom with the terrible sound, and I put out like 30 episodes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like stuff happens um, when you continue to stay in motion and not get stagnant or down on yourself yeah. um, because one thing didn't work out. Because usually when some like when things don't work out, it leads you to the thing that will. Mm. Yeah. If you're open to it. You have to be open to it. Yeah. If you're not open to it, then. Because I think, I think it's all about that that middle ground, right? Where it's like, yes, we can throw, I don't know, we can throw all the positive phrases at it. Like the rejection is redirection. And it's like, if you're willing to be redirected, like it's, there's always that if you're willing piece, like, and so the finding the middle ground is what we were saying. You can't over plan, but you can't, you know, be, be frivolous with it. Mm -hmm. You can't, um, you can't be expectant to the point where you don't do any work, but you also can't shut yourself off from the unknown. Like the, you can't downplay yourself too much, but you also can't overhype yourself to the point where you don't do the work. Right. So it's like, yeah. how do we always find this middle ground? I think that's how we overcome self-sabotage is because often when we discover that we have a self-sabotaging tendency, like the most common one I've seen is someone who is a perfectionist to overcome perfectionism, they become an underplanner. Like they become someone who just doesn't plan. Mm. And then, or they they present it as, oh, I just take messy action now. And that is still not the answer. So it's more like, okay, how can I meet in the middle? Um, and it does take a little bit of just trial and error, but I think it's always just meeting in the middle to overcome that. Mm. Yeah. It's like people need to, we need to learn how to live in the middle. Which was, you say, the process. Yeah. It's like, yo, just focus on who you'll become in the process. I think that that's the most important thing. Um, yeah, y'all said a mouthful. I'm be honest. I got my wheels <laughs> turning about a lot of different things, especially as we, you know, are closing out the year. And, you know, people are very expecting. People love a fresh start. So everybody's, like, oh, yeah. excited for January. Like, y'all get that fresh start. And it's like, well, you woke up this morning. That was a fresh start. But that's another podcast. Um yeah, I think that uh, what was shared today is very relevant to what a lot of people, especially creators, are going through. Um, I would say it's safe to say that even us here, we're still going through that challenge. Yeah. Um, the The biggest thing, though, is that we're going through the challenge. Like, we're not staying stagnant in it. We're doing the work, whatever that looks like. If it's having to get coaching, therapy, talk to a friend, whatever it is, we're not staying stagnant, even though, 
we're having this challenge of self-sabotage. And if you're somebody that's listening and you have that challenge, don't feel like you're alone. And it's like, bro, so many of us out here, look, you walk past 10 people right now. I'm pretty sure nine to 10 got some level of like self-sabotage going on in their lives. So this is something we're all in together, but we don't talk about enough. Um, it's probably something we should talk about at the symposium. Right, mm. something. Yeah, it's probably a good topic. Honestly, write that down. every yeah, yeah. every single one of us has. Yeah, multiple we have self-sabotaging strategies. Some are worse than others, but we all have our own self-sabotaging strategies that are unique to us. Yeah. Yes. Um, and these are things we need to really overcome because we have greatness inside of us, and it's like I want to see it. I, the worst thing that can happen for me, they always say like a bunch of ideas die in the grave and things like that. The worst thing for me is like being the uncle at the cookout. That's like the shoulda, coulda, woulda, uncle. Oh, yeah. I can't mm. be that dude. Yeah. Oh, no. Nah. I can't be at the cookout or Thanksgiving or the family gathering. Like, y'all, you know, I should have did. I could have, you know, I could have been the, mm -mm. <laughs> No, 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 no. Either I was or I wasn't, but I'm going to try. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd rather be like, yo, I tried it and it ain't work out. Like, I failed at it. But I, I gave it my all. Instead of being like, yo, I could have if I really would have. It's like, fam. Yeah. No, mm. you couldn't. I can't stand that. So um, as we kind of land the plane here, do you guys have any closing thoughts or more so anything encouraging to say to the, 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 the viewers, the listeners who are currently in that rut of like self-sabotage, especially as we're at the end of the year and we already know how mental health issues are on a rise towards the end of the year. Anything encouraging to to share with them as they navigate this season? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking how I'm gonna say it. Uh, he was trying to think of a bar. He was like, "Hold on." Facts. Um, <laughs> so I, I would just say, um, matter of fact, I'm gonna say what I said to the last drink. Um, just because you are feeling defeated or you have some um, signs of defeat, it doesn't really mean that you are mm. defeated. Um, I think you should just trust the process, like we were talking about right now. Stress the process and just believe in the things you have, the capacity of everything you have. That's my tip. Mm. Mm. Um, am I supposed to look at the camera? Uh, <laughs> like, it's up to you. Uh, it's up to you. Um, I'll look at y'all. Right. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot I'm of pressure. That's mad people looking at me. Sorry. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Right in my um, eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think I'll go back to kind of what we were talking about. Talked about a lot, but that the the first thing to do if you think you are self-sabotaging is just the awareness of it. Mm, what is yeah. the pattern? What happens right. as you approach greatness? What is yeah. the feeling inside of you and what is the reaction to that feeling externally for you? And then starting there, just so you know, just so that you're not falling into being the person who says, I don't know why this keeps happening to me just at, strive to at least be the person that says I'm aware of why this is happening to me getting there can actually do a ton to stop it and then you can you know like you said find a therapist find a coach find an accountability partner that can then help you get out of that pattern but you can't do much about it until you recognize the pattern mm -hmm. so and it's daunting work it's a very hard work um it's like we said, it's going to it's going to be whack-a-mole all day right. with all these different things. But um, it's better to know and it's better to just have the awareness rather than constantly like 
I don't know, shielding yourself from it and saying like, I don't know, I don't know what, what the problem is. It's like, the problem might be me. Yeah, um, that's real. And so not the most encouraging, but I do believe that just with that little bit of awareness, you can really, you can really start to chip away at it and get a little closer to your personal definition of greatness. Mm. That self-awareness is huge too, because, <clears throat> and I'm going to finish it off here, but you had me thinking, I'm like, when you, the person that's like, oh, I don't know why I, it's like, that's also a form of self-sabotage because you're not trying to find out. Mm. Hiding behind, I don't know. Yeah, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a major problem. And and that becomes like your safety net. That's like your safe place to be like, oh, well, I'm oblivious to it. It's like because you choose to be ignorant to it. Mm-hmm. It's not because it's not, you can't find out. It's because you don't want to find out. So I think that it's important um, that you do the work to find out because it's the work that only you can do. Um, it's the work that only we can do. And I think that what I had to learn was you have to do the challenging, uncomfortable thing. You have to. You have to get out of the place where you just continue to do what's been comfortable your whole life, but it's not elevating you in any single way. You know what I mean? It's like I said with the rope analogy. You know what's going to happen if you let go. You're going to fall. But there's, I don't know what's going to happen if I can't continue to try. I might get to the bell. Like, that'd be crazy. But it's like you'll never know if you don't try. Um, so my encouragement to you all is try. You know, have that self-awareness. Sit with it. Figure out. Do the hard work. Because on the other side of that is the unknown. But I personally believe that on the other side of that, where the unknown is, I feel like there's greatness on that side. You know what the pain feels like. You've been feeling it your entire life. You've been self-sabotaging for years. You know how you feel. You know what that does to you mentally and emotionally. So why not at least try something different? So my encouragement to you during this season um, is to just try something different. Become self-aware of what the issue is. Get the help that you need, whatever that looks like. And continue to do the hard thing until it becomes the easy thing. So... That's what I have for this episode. Um, this has been a dope conversation. Um, we're definitely going to continue this conversation. It needs to be like a part two to this or something. You so do that. Yeah, it needs to be like a part two. That's the second time this that is was weird. <laughs> okay. That was weird. Yes. But anyway. um, I'll come back for part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm no. like, I'm inviting myself. Yeah, no, there needs to be a part two for sure because there's so much more yeah. I think we can go in on this. Yeah. Because this is like a real prominent issue yeah. in the lives of people, especially creatives and those that are looking to build and establish their own thing. Yeah. And they have an idea that they need to get out. It's like, yo, I know. I know. Because I've been there. Where it's like, yo, I, can, I should write this book, but I don't think people are going to buy it. I ain't going to do it. And it's like, fam, we even, like, we even yeah. try. Well, I'm. I don't want to get into part two already. One thing that came up was you're like, I'm, I'm going to hate editing this. Um, one thing that came up was like, I, I went and I was going to launch a new offer and I was like, but if too many people buy, I'm going to be overwhelmed. So it's better. I don't put it out. So nobody buys. And it's like, yo, I I, get the first person to buy and then figure it out. But no, but I was like, no, no, no. If I get too many people to buy, it's just, it's just going to be too much. Figure it out along the way. So I, I think part two will be just like talk more about that fear of greatness. Mm. And really, I think everybody loves to talk about fear, fear of failure. Yeah. I don't think we're dealing with that. Like if you if you're doing a creative endeavor and if you and if you uh, 
go into entrepreneurship or whatever, mm. you don't fear failure. You feel you probably more likely fear greatness. Mm, that's a bar. That's a it good reminds time. me of my man from uh, Coach Carter. Uh, was it Cruz? Oh yeah, Cruz. Cruz when he did Cruz. the little poem joint when he was in the cafe, <laughs> he said, um, "What is our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate." Our deepest fear is that we're like powerful beyond measure or something yeah. like that. I was like, oh, he was dropping bars. Good but job. that's exactly what you were sharing. It's like, we fear greatness. Like, why do I fear being? I want to be great, but I fear greatness. I want to be great, but I fear. It's this constant like dichotomy, this tuggle. Back for, look, we're going to come back with yeah. a part two. Part two. Um, yeah. We got a part two coming. Um, yeah, so stay tuned. Make sure that y'all share this. Make sure you subscribe. As we always say, leave a review. Follow us on all of our social handles at Being Me is Dope. Tap in. Don't miss out. We have our symposium coming soon. We're going to drop some information on that. So stay tuned. Um, I'm Nate. I'm Mike. And I'm Issa. And this has been another episode of the Being Me is Dope podcast. Remember that being you is dope as well. Peace. Peace.